one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you enjoy getting these epic stories of nuclear revenge, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Mo Fook. They kicked my friend's mom out, so we trashed their store and got it shut down. Okay, I realize this may sound terrible, but you have to read through the whole story. This happened about 15 years ago when I was living overseas. Now I'm in the US. Let's just say I used to live in a developing country back at the time. Me and my friend, let's call him Han, were driving around the city one night when he got a phone call from his older brother, let's call him Barry. The phone call from what I was able to comprehend was pretty intense. After Han hung up, he was pretty frustrated. He told me to drive over to the supermarket near his parents' house. I did. I asked Han what was wrong. He said it looks like Barry has gotten into a fight and that he needs our help. I told him let's go see what's going on. On our way to the supermarket, Han called a couple of our friends and told them to meet us there for extra support. I know how this may sound. It sounds like we're a bunch of gangbangers looking to go start some stuff. So before y'all start jumping into conclusions, let me give you some background. The community I used to live in is heavily tribal. It's not about ganging up, but more like standing up and being there for a friend in need. That's the common mindset, and that's their way of life. It's pretty backwards at this day and age, and it's worth pointing out that I'm completely against that mindset now, especially that I'm living in the US. But anyway, we eventually arrived at that supermarket. It was in a very busy and vibrant area with lots of traffic. We parked our cars at the front door and stood out in the street waiting for Barry until he showed up. He was enraged, but yet calm and on point. We asked him what was going on, so he went on explaining. Apparently, Barry and Han's mom went into the supermarket to buy some chicken. She did manage to buy some, chicken in a sealed container. She needed it to cook for the day. But when she got home and opened the container, the chicken smelled absolutely rotten and disgusting. Understandably, she decided to go back to the store and return that chicken, notify the store management and get another chicken that isn't salmonella in a box since she shops there quite often. I know my friend's mom, she's not a Karen in any way, and she's the super sweet lady in her 60s who's very friendly with everyone she meets. When she went into the store, found the store manager, told him about the rotten chicken and asked him politely to give her a different one, she was even discreet about it and didn't want other customers to hear. The manager was super rude and refused to acknowledge that there's anything wrong with the chicken outright, refused to exchange the chicken, and wouldn't even smell or look at it. He called her a liar and told her to get the heck out of his store. Han, having learned that his mom was insulted that way, was pretty furious. Barry told us that he was going inside to talk to that manager and give him a piece of his mind, and that he wanted us to be there on standby in case things go down. We agreed and waited outside. Barry went in. We were looking at him through the glass door. We saw him speak to that manager with a clear understanding of how heated the conversation was getting. Basically, Barry asked the manager if he's the one who told his mom to get the heck out and the manager says, yes, and you get the freak out too, and shoves him away. 
Now a little background on Barry. He was feared. He's always been kind of problematic since he was little. He was never a bully, but he just never took crap from anybody ever. Now, while I don't agree with the way he handled things, I've always respected how he stands up for himself and for the people he cares about. It's worth mentioning that he's a lot more calm now. Within seconds of him going into the store, and after hearing how belligerent that manager was, Barry lost control over his rage, and we see him start throwing punches at that manager. Other employees joined in on the fight too, and all heck broke loose. Me, Han, and another friend of ours immediately jumped into the store. We started to trade punches with whoever was fighting. It was an utter cluster truck. All I remember was that I punched the manager a few times, and then I was on the ground. I didn't get punched or anything, and still have no idea how I ended up on the ground. Luckily, no one got, really, injured from either side, but we had a clear advantage over them. The aftermath was horrific. Glass was broken, shells were knocked down, and product stands were destroyed. I still remember M&Ms scattered all over the floor. It was a hot mess. At that time, we knew we were absolutely screwed. We pretty much vandalized a whole darn store and physically assaulted its staff. Eventually, we left and stood in front of the store and started cussing them out. They stayed inside the store because they knew that the law would be on their side while they were on their property. So, about the laws in that country, they make absolutely no freaking sense whatsoever. A good example of its ridiculous laws is if you get physically assaulted by someone and you decide you want to press charges and you do just that, you'll need to go get a doctor's note stating your injury and then head to a police station and press charges. The person who assaulted you gets a phone call from the police telling them to come to the police station. That person can also press charges the same way, even if they're not at all injured. If both parties have pressed charges, both parties will go to jail awaiting trial unless bailed out. It's also worth mentioning that obtaining a forged doctor's note in that country is easier than buying a tub of sour cream. Fact. That said, we knew we better hurry up and press charges. We got to the police station before the supermarket staff and filed a complaint against them. They eventually arrived like 15 minutes later to do the same thing. It was the jerk manager and another guy that was in the fight too. At the police station, it was a shock to me how nicely we were being treated by officers and how crappy they treated the supermarket staff. Like, what the freak is going on? Shouldn't we be in handcuffs right now? What I didn't know was this. While we were standing out the door cussing those guys out after the fight, Barry disappeared. He did meet us at the police station, but we didn't know what he was doing after the fight was over. Well, it turns out that while Barry was exiting the store after the fight, he started yelling, My name is Barry so-and-so, and I'm not done freaking you up. Apparently, a passing-by police patrol heard Barry yell at the top of his lungs and stopped to see what was going on. Out of sheer coincidence, one of the patrolling officers turned out to be a distant cousin of Barry. It's a small country, and he recognized his name while he was shouting it. He took Barry aside for a word and started asking him what was going on. Barry explained the entire story of how they insulted his mom after selling her bad chicken and refusing to admit any wrongdoing. The officer also turned out to be an on-duty health and safety inspector. He then took it personal and assured Barry that he'll take care of it. Anyway, back to the police station. Now that both parties have pressed charges, the police were clearly favoring us. 
They threw the supermarket staff in a cell while we were sitting on the couch sipping coffee. Barry was still cussing the manager out. Eventually, we reached an agreement to drop all charges and we all went our way. Now, the real revenge. After the store was picked up and everything went back to normal, kinda, Barry's officer cousin went to the supermarket on an inspection the next day. Do you see where this is going? Yep. He found tons and tons of badly stored meat of all kinds that was completely inedible and could potentially be life-threatening. He also found spoiled dairy and a buttload of expired items. Apparently, the owner orders the staff to unplug the fridges and freezers at night to save on electricity. The owner was knowingly selling rotting meat to save a few bucks. The store was immediately shut down pending investigation. The health ministry got involved and fined the supermarket, and the fine was just so huge that the store stayed shut down and never opened again because the owners weren't able to financially recover. Considering the end result, finding out that all that food was expired, they turned off the fridges and freezers at night, do you think getting in that fight and all the precursors to that health inspection made the entire thing worth it to save people? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is by Gustavo the Recliner, was told this belonged here. Which tries to destroy my orchard, I destroy her life. Well, let's start a few years in the past. My great-grandparents planted an orchard, it's now at least 120 years old. My grandparents and my parents were really proud of the peach trees growing in it and did their best to keep them in good health and well. We always threw a big party when the peaches were ready to be harvested and invited all of our friends and neighbors to it. I loved those parties. The neighbors on the property to the south of our orchard were particularly fond of our peaches. They were a bunch of fine old people, and me and the old man Sam were pretty good friends. He taught me a lot about woodworking with hand tools only, and we had some great evenings in his workshop, and we finished many a good whiskey in there together. In return, he got a lot of fine peaches, marmalade, homemade peach liquor, etc. Sadly, he died a good 10 years ago. Cancer's a real jerk. His wife followed soon after. Many suspected it was of a broken heart. They had no kids, so all of their property was left to the state, except his tools and whiskey collection, which he had gifted me a few weeks before he died. In comes Karen. The name speaks for itself. Haircut, attitude, witchiness, the whole deal. She bought the property of my late neighbors. We hadn't had the kind of money to buy it at that time, as we'd met some dire straits the years before, and all of our savings were gone. The first thing she did before she actually moved in was to go around and make demands of the neighbors on the surrounding properties. When it was finally our turn to listen to her gibberish, she told us that we needed to remove half of the trees, as the leaves were blowing on our property. We told her in a polite way that we won't comply to her demands as the orchard is a vital part of our family heritage, tradition, and life, and has been there for at least 120 years. She was pretty pissed, but did nothing for the time being. There's some things you need to know before I continue with this story. The workshop I mentioned before was situated right at the border to our property. It was a small, timber-framed building, at least 160 to 180 years old. The regulations in my state are pretty strict concerning old structures. Every structure over 100 years is protected, and you need a special permission to tear it down. Failing to get this permission can lead to a hefty fine. To get the permission to build a new building, it has to be up to code. 
and you have to ask your surrounding neighbors, and if they agree, you're good to go. Except, there's one specialty in my county. You have to keep a certain distance to the border of the property to allow emergency services full access to your property. If one of these requirements isn't met, the building is illegal, or at least only partially legal, and can actually be ordered by court to be torn down. That might come in handy later. So back to Karen. After our first encounter with her, she did her best to pester the whole neighborhood. She got the neighbor's dog put down because he allegedly attacked her brat. Later turned out she faked the attack. The dog was the sweetest and most innocent dog you could imagine. A Bernese mountain dog, big but a real teddy bear. Anyways, she later got us to stop doing our annual peach parties as she called the police every time for various reasons. Noise complaints, we had a band playing there in the afternoon, arson, we lit a fire in a designated fire pit in the middle of our property. She called the ATF on us, allegedly making moonshine. My dad had a license to de-still for our own consummation. In short, she was a real pain in the bum bum, and after three years, we decided it wasn't worth it to deal with the various officers and law enforcement agencies every time we threw the party and we decided to quit. After she had reached this goal, she resorted to pestering us to remove the orchard. We didn't cave in, and some things started to get really fishy. Somehow the tires of our trucks got slashed, eggs got thrown on our farmhouse, our cat disappeared and surfaced a few days later in pretty rough condition. It looked like somebody had tried to cut his tail off. Don't worry, he healed up completely, but we actually couldn't prove that she did all that. Then came the day she made her biggest mistake. She had a company come in, in sort of a secret operation, and tear down the old woodworking workshop overnight. Two days later, they started building a big garage slash recreational center slash house right where the shop was. But she missed one fine detail which got pretty important later on, she didn't ask for our permission nor for the neighbors. A short while after, the trees right next to our property started to get sick. The leaves turned brown in the middle of summer and the branches started to die. We lost four trees before we figured out the cause. Somebody had driven long copper nails into them. We had a suspicion, but we couldn't prove it. So we put up some trail cameras perfectly legal as it was on our own property. We caught her red-handed. My dad confronted her. She apologized, and my dad, being the way-too-nice guy he is, wanted to let her get off the hook, but not me. The nail she drove into our oldest tree was the final nail to her coffin. I started to investigate. I had some friends at the administration of our county and asked them to do some inquiries. Turned out she hadn't applied for permission to tear down the old shop, nor for permission to build a new building. I further did some inquiries on the borderline of our property. Turned out, the old markers vanished over time, and her building was about three feet on our property. After I gathered all this information, I presented it to my parents. At first, they were reluctant, as they didn't want to start a neighborhood clash. But after I recalled all the things she did to us and our neighbors, they were in. So let the games begin. First, we called the authorities on her for tearing down a protected building and presented them with all the evidence we gathered. Then, we called the building authorities on her for building a building without permission, not up to code, and not only didn't she keep the required distance to the property border, 
She also built on our property without our permission. Long story short, turned out the workshop hasn't only been protected because of its age, but also because it was a historical landmark, which played a vital role in a conflict back in the 1860s. She got sued for this and had to pay a fine of an equivalent of about $150,000. She further had to demolish her newly built building, costing an additional $50,000, got fined for this too, about $83,000, and had to rebuild the workshop on her own expense which was another whopping $154,000 as it had to be period correct up to the smallest detail, meaning it had to be built with the correct materials, with hand tools only, and to the correct dimensions. As you can imagine, paying professionals to build quite a large timber-framed building only by hand gets pretty expensive pretty fast. So all in all, it cost her an equivalent of $437,000 plus further expenses as lawyers, etc. This caused her to go bankrupt, so she had to sell the property in the end, which my parents bought, by the way. Last I heard of her was that she moved back to the big city. I'm sorry, but if you're going to move out somewhere more rural, a place that's a lot more discreet, a place with trees nearby, you should kind of expect that leaves are going to be blowing into your yard. This was one of those mega witch neighbors that nobody wants to live near. If you live next to them and they can have a say or try to stop you from doing anything, they're going to try to do so. Unless you're silent, your leaves don't blow into their yard, and you just let them do whatever they want, they're going to try to make your life as miserable as possible. And just because of the dog thing, I hope this lady, wherever she moved, struggled and couldn't find a home. But... With that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So, of both of these stories, which one was your personal favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.